This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Good evening, everybody. Coming to you from Toronto, Ontario, my name is Chris. And coming to you from Calgary, Alberta, uh, my name is Jason. Very good. I wanted to do that this time because I wanted to remind everyone that we are in different cities still. You haven't come home yet. Well, I have. You haven't. I'm back on the weekends. You haven't come home to uh, record a podcast. You've been away. And you are away, and you are going to be away for the foreseeable future. True. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because, um, for this reason, Jamie P. on our Facebook page, he said, any chance you could do an overview of how you did the long distance thing but still maintained the audio quality? Oh. So, yes. Why, yes, we can. We can do that very briefly. Um, I won't go into all the detail of, you know, my local recording setup and stuff like that. But the way we do this, it is a long known secret of the Internet. We use Skype. That's not the secret, though. No. We, we talk to each other over Skype. And on my end, I record my audio and I record the audio for the Skype call. So I'm recording Jason's audio here on a separate chat track. And here's the secret. This is the secret part. Secret. That Jason also records his own audio on his end of things. I'm using the same software yep. as uh, Chris, and I'm recording my end, just my track. I'm not recording Chris at all. So and I record yeah. both of us um, just because I can, and Jason records just himself. And then what happens is when we're done, he sends me his audio file, and I cut it into our recording on my end, replacing the Skype call. Uh, so it sounds like, so we both record locally where we are, and then I put it all together at the end here. It doesn't take that long because you just got to sync it up and it's done. Um, and the nice thing is since I can record the Skype audio, which is usually okay, it's not the best, but it's usually okay. That's a nice backup in case something goes wrong. We can just stick with that, with that audio. Yeah. What that actually means is in case Jason screws up, well, then we have yeah. backup audio. You know what? Equally, though, if I screwed something up and didn't record the Skype, then you would have presumably yours right. on your end, which we can use. So it's really a redundant redundancy system. Yeah, it's a fallback plan. Exactly. So that's how we do it. There's no real big secret to it. A lot of podcasts out there just record Skype calls straight, but I like to have the uh, top-notch audio quality whenever possible. And, As uh, do I. So this is this is how we do it, and this is what we'll be doing from now on. So now so. you know, everybody. Now you know. <laughs> and knowing's half the battle. It is. <laughs> Speaking of battles, Jason, today is Checkers Day. Checkers Day? Yeah. Now, you might think that that has something to do with the popular board game Checkers. Oh, no. It has, uh, has to do with my friend's dog, Checkers? No. It does not have to do with your friend's dog. Uh, on September 23rd, 1952, vice presidential candidate, do you know who that might be? <gasps> It's the president's dog, Checkers. No, <laughs> that's, oh. yeah, well, that's true. It's exactly, that's exactly right. But do you know who the vice presidential candidate in, in 1952 was? Uh, 1952? That's, that must have been Richard Nixon. 
Vice presidential candidate Richard Nixon gave a speech to address growing public concern about his use of campaign funds. He assured the public that he had not misused the funds, but that he intended to keep one gift, a little dog that the Nixon children named Checkers. The Checkers speech was a political triumph, and the public responded with overwhelming support. Well, there you go. So today is I, I knew that Day. I knew that because I knew that Nixon had a dog named Checkers. Well, that's pretty good. I didn't know that before before I looked this one up. So uh, and I knew he was a vice presidential candidate at some point before he became president of the United States. Well, good good guess. Your your American history is top notch. Yeah, because I know I knew somebody's dog's name. That's right. You knew the president's <laughs> dog's name. I bet you don't know Obama's dog's name. Does he have a dog? I think he does. He does have a dog. They bought they uh, they adopted a dog. A while ago. It's a little black dog. I don't know the dog's name. All right. I, I don't either, <laughs> for the record. <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's only It's like Scruffy or Muffin or... Oh, Muffin. I grew up... My mom had a cat named Muffin when I was growing up. Uh, so anyways, today's Checkers Day. Now, that's what it where it comes from, but Checkers players around the world have really adopted this day to be their own. So whether you'd like to celebrate Richard Nixon's dog or have a healthy, <laughs> you know, rousing game of Checkers with your friends... Either way, I think you're good. The Obama's dog is named Bo. Bo. Oh, that's not Muffy at all, or Muffin. No. No, but he's a cute little sucker. <laughs> Curly go. hair. He looks like he's wearing a tuxedo. Oh, perfect. He's a well-dressed dog, too. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, Walker Stalker Con, quick update. As everyone knows, if you've been listening, because I never stopped talking about it, we are going November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd down to Atlanta, Georgia for the convention. There have been a couple of new guest announcements, Jason. Oh, good. First of all, Emma Bell will be there. If you recall, she played Amy in season one. Uh, But she hasn't been around for a while, but she'll be there. That's because she's dead. She is now dead. (laughs) Her character's dead. (laughs) And Melissa Ponzio, who plays Karen, uh, mostly in season four, actually. Oh, cool. Although she appeared in season three a little bit, too. She's one of the Woodbury people. Uh, who's moved into the prison. So she's going to be there too. Now, there's more exciting news, but we won't know what it is until tomorrow. So unless you can travel in time and go ahead to tomorrow and find out, we are just going to have to tease that, and that's all we know for now. I I can, but I prefer not to, and don't tell anyone. Okay. (laughs) Just screws up your whole evening if you go ahead in time. Yeah, I mean, I got plans for later. And if I travel into tomorrow and then come back and then I'll be tired, and there's like this whole thing that I have to do. I I do have a, uh, actually, I brought it with me. I have a a time travel device uh, in my hotel room. Do you? It's it's a flat device. It's over in the corner. Uh, What you do is uh, when you want to travel into the future, you lie down on the flat device and beside it, there's a little table with a control box on it, and you set the control box for how far in the future you would like to travel. Right. Usually, I go about six or seven hours into the future. Okay. And then I just lie there, and uh, then the device, uh, the control device, goes off and tells you uh, that you're in the future. That's pretty impressive. I, I do that almost every day. Almost every night, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's so. great, man. It's that traveling back in time that's a real problem, but going forward, no problem. Yeah, yeah. It's only a forward in time device. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I have good. one here in the hotel. It's very handy. You don't even have to bring it with you. They have them almost all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> very good. Well, if we could travel in time, I could tell you who it is. However, what I can tell you is two more guests are being announced tomorrow, September 24th, at noon Central Time. 
So make sure you have your eyes on the internet at noon central time. And as far as I know, I don't know this for sure, but as far as I know, they are two more Walking Dead cast members. Cool. And these will be the final two, unless, you know, something special happens. But this will be the final two guests announced for Walker Stalker Con. So two more Walking Dead cast members coming tomorrow. The final two. Yes. For now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I guess you never know. But from what I know, the final two coming tomorrow at uh, Central Time, noon. Noon Central Time. Cool. All right, before we get into the show, Jason, uh, let's talk about the um, short story contest briefly. Cool. Yeah, I will read another excerpt from one of our submissions, but I would like to say right now and remind everyone that our deadline for entries is Sunday, October 6th at 11.59 p.m. This right here is the last podcast we will be putting out before the deadline. Even though it's still almost two weeks away, the next show we're going to be recording will be Monday, the 7th of October, which is the day after the deadline. So it'll already be too late. <clears throat> it will be too late at that point to enter uh, the contest. So make sure you know, October 6, 2013 at 11.59 p.m., I will make sure to remind everyone on our Twitter account, on our Facebook page, any other way I can. And, uh, but just know that there probably will not be the sound of our voice coming over the internet saying the deadline is coming up soon. So uh, I'm going to turn to the people next to me for uh, the, the last day, and I'm going to keep reminding them. Everybody that's around me, if I get on public transit, I will tell them. Good. You, only, you have to submit by midnight. So if you happen to see me on the transit, I will remind you. But other than that, uh, yeah, you got to, you know. You got to remember. deadline. You know the deadline. Submit it. Mark it on your calendars. Put it in your phones. You know, whatever. That is the deadline. You, If you need a reminder, um, I Get think Siri you should. Get Siri to do it. Siri yeah. will remind you. If you have an iPhone, I don't know what the equivalent on Android is, but probably you can get some sort of reminder there. What I suggest, though, really, is you just every single day, every hour, go to our Facebook page and uh, or our website and just refresh it. And make sure you you look at the deadline and you see it and you remember it and it goes straight into your brain hole. Brain hole, yeah. Brain hole. Your pick ear holes. Hole. Ear holes pick into your brain. A, pick a hole that's attached to your brain and uh, put the information through that hole. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly where it should go. Uh, and tell all your friends and your relatives and your pets and everybody, um, there's still lots of time, but it's only two weeks. And when you consider the contest has been open for like four months, it's really relatively a short time. So... Yeah. Get it it's in happening there. now. Right Almost. Now. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I am now going to read an excerpt from one of our entries called The Day the Apocalypse Ended, an excerpt from the journal of Carl Grimes, 12 years after wildfire was declared. Ooh. I'll cut out me drinking water. <clears throat> <clears throat> My name is Carl Grimes son of Rick and Lori Grimes, and I'm the leader of a group of survivors who have managed to stay alive for the past 12 years. We are living at Fort Sumter, South Carolina. For those of you without a history book nearby, Fort Sumter is a Civil War era fort located on an island in the harbor of Charleston, South Carolina. The Civil War began here on April 12, 1861. The fort was later repaired and preserved as a national monument. The fort was just as it was in 1861, including all the cannons, mortars, and rifles which are working again. 
We can't make modern smokeless powder, but black powder is just charcoal, sulfur, and saltpeter ground and mixed in the right proportions, and that we have plenty of. The cannons and mortars have been invaluable in our encounters with the roving bands of marauders and pirate ships. We've been scavenging and stockpiling flintlock rifles against the day when the percussion caps for the rifles run out. It's ironic that as we advance forward in time, our technology is marching backwards. <clears throat> We're at Fort Sumter because of my dad, Rick Grimes, former sheriff of Synthania, Kentucky, and the leader of the group before me. After the collapse of the community outside of Washington, my dad was more determined than ever to find a place where we could be safe from the walkers. He led our small band of survivors south on I-95 from D.C. to Richmond, Virginia. Despite the danger, Dad entered the city and broke into a library. He pored over maps for hours, selecting and eliminating site after site before settling on Fort Sumter. The fort covered most of the island, and the channels surrounding it were too deep and fast for a walker from the mainland to reach it. It also provided protection against the greater threat, other people. And scene cool <laughs> i was right into that i was leaning back yeah listening to that that was uh that was excellent i saw i chose that one this week because it is directly obviously related to the walking dead it takes place in the walking dead universe and uh just 12 years in the future when uh carl has taken over leadership of what's left of the group i guess Cool. Which may be all different people now. I don't know. Have to read the rest There's, of the story. Yeah, I really am looking forward to reading that one. <laughs> Good. So uh, there you go. Two more weeks to get your entries in. Sunday, October 6, 2013 at 11.59 p.m. Keep your eyes on all of our Walking Dead media channels for your reminders. Keep your eyes peeled for whatever that means. That's right. Where does that come from? Do you know? Keep your eyes peeled? Yeah. I do not know. No, okay. another idiom you're going to need to look up. I sure am. While you're doing that, let's start this. The Walking Dead News. Okay, have you looked it up yet? I'm working on it. All right. Well, we are going to do a whole bunch of Walking Dead news this week. Awesome. There was a fair bit of good, exciting, interesting, uh, conversation-worthy news this week, Jason. Good. And the biggest number one item here is probably what, well, is probably this, and this is what we're going to start with. AMC planning a Walking Dead spin-off TV show. Spin-off. Spin-off, that's right. So AMC is calling it a companion series. So it's not really a spin-off in that it takes a character or something from the current show and develops a new show around it. It is a companion series, meaning it will be a show in the same universe, but all different characters and, I guess, all different locations. Right. Sort of like uh, Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, and Mork and Mindy. Are they all? They're all in the same universe. Mork, and, uh, Mork showed up on Happy Days. Okay. And uh, uh, Wait a minute. Mork and Mindy. That's the one, isn't... Um, Mork was on Happy Days, wasn't he? Well, I don't know, but... No, that um, was in the 50s. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, so I know that... Uh, Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley were in the same universe. Okay. And so Laverne and Shirley went on Happy Days and vice versa sometimes? Well, I don't remember exactly what <laughs> happened, but I know that they're in the same universe. It's okay. Aaron, it's a, it's uh, oh, Aaron Spelling? Not Aaron Spelling. The, the <laughs> What's her name? Shirley's, uh, Laverne's or Shirley's father. I don't know. Penny. I have no idea. Uh, Marshall. Something Marshall. 
All right. Penny Marshall's well, I don't dead. Know. I know that, um, <laughs> you know, there have been shows in the past that are like sister shows to each other, right? Just like what you're describing here, where they kind of take place in the same universe and they cross over once in a while and that's it. Um, I guess this is kind of like that in that the new show will be Walking Dead. It'll just be different Walking Dead than we have right now. Right. All new characters, all new setting, all new plot lines, all new uh, everything except that it's happening in the same universe as The Walking Dead. Right. So Robert Kirkman, uh, well, it'll be executive produced by the same people, Robert Kirkman, Gail Ann Hurd, and David Alpert. Um, and Robert Kirkman had this to say. He said, after 10 years of writing the comic book series and being so close to the uh, debut of our fourth, and in my opinion, best season of the TV series, cool. I couldn't be more thrilled about getting the chance to create a new corner of the Walking Dead universe. This opportunity, or the opportunity, to make a show that isn't tethered by the events of the comic book and is truly a blank page has set my creativity racing. So he genuinely sounds pretty excited about it, and I, I, I gotta believe that he's being genuine there and saying, you know, I've been doing The Walking Dead in its current form for so long that it'll be nice to do something where we can just completely start fresh. We stick with the same rules of the universe, but other than that, it's just free reign to do whatever we want. That could be very, very interesting. It could. It could be very good, for all we know. Um, and I'll, I want to talk in, in a second about what we would like to see in this Walking Dead spinoff or sort of what we think would be the ideal scenario for it. I have a couple of ideas, um, at least general type things, but we do have lots of time to consider it, though, because... The target on-air date is still 2015. It's That's not, not next that far year. Uh, away. Well, developing a TV show, uh, that's not far at all. Okay, right. They got to you know get cast. They got to get. Uh, you got. They got a lot to do between now and then. Oh yeah, totally. They have a lot to do. But if it's on, I mean, I don't think it will be. But if it's on in the fall of 2015, that's two solid years from now. Yeah. Right. It's not like you know 16 months or whatever it is until 2015 actually starts um but i don't think they will have it on the air at the same time as the walking dead proper because why would you have two shows on at the same time wouldn't it make more sense for the walking dead spinoff to be on during the spring or the summer and then have the main show on during the fall when it always has been uh, I'm of two minds, as I usually am. On the mm -hmm. one hand, you are right. It would be nice to uh, to have you know Walking Dead all the time in one form or another. But on the other hand, having two shows that are airing the same time kind of builds the excitement. Like the uh, uh, you know rock and roll is not all rock and not all roll. It's that ebb and flow kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So if you have uh, you know the Walking Dead, and, and then as soon as that ends, you have this spinoff show. And if they, you know, start up four or five other shows, you could have Walking Dead all the time. And then you just get sensory overload at that point, right? You've, all of a sudden, it's going to get boring. Mm -hmm. But if you have uh, that lag between the end of the se se season and the beginning of the next season, but you double that so that you have both seasons ending at the same time and both seasons starting at the same time, you, got, you have that, uh, that ebb and flow of the excitement again. Yeah, I, I suppose. I I mean, I'd be surprised if they put them on at the same time strictly for, you know, financial reasons. Uh, it feels like there's such a long break between, you know, seasons right now. Everyone's dying for it. 
if they if they give us something else during the main shows off season or hiatus, then you know we'll always the fans will always have something to uh, sort of you know work work their obsession on. <laughs> yeah. Sort of. But but at the same time, you know that that anticipation of it is kind of what makes it uh, is one of the things that makes it so popular, right? People can't wait to see the new season. Yeah, I'm, it's weird. I kind of don't want them to be airing at the same time, but I don't want them to air at different times either. Right. Well, you got to pick one. I mean, maybe the, there's maybe there's some overlap. Um, I think it would be extremely weird if they were both on Sunday nights back to back. You know, like eight that to would nine. Be a weird. And then nine to ten or something. It's it's almost like it's you're watching one, and then you'd have to switch your brain immediately to like the other show and figure out the other characters and remember what was going on. At least put them on different nights. I got yeah. I got to think. You know, well, that's the thing is I I I can't see them playing it on like you said back to back on different nights. Might yeah, I think on different nights, uh, overlapping time. Uh, maybe not exactly overlapping, like both premiering on the same night and ending on the same night, mm-hmm. but uh, or on the same like within the same week and ending on the same week. Uh, but I think that if there was some overlap, like get The Walking Dead started, get a good couple of couple of episodes in, and then uh, on Wednesday nights you have uh, you know the new unnamed spinoff or companion show, mm-hmm. and uh, that kind of gets you excited about that and then when the walking dead goes on hiatus that's when this show continues on for and another probably and then probably ends just uh before the walking dead comes back from its mid-season break yeah something like that well i mean presumably they'll figure it out and do what's best for amc <laughs> actually i'm going to call that that's exactly what's going to happen so they're going to overlap by a little bit and be on different nights yeah, they'll be on different nights. They'll overlap a little bit, and then the uh, the new spinoff series will end. Just uh, will have its season finale uh, on the same <clears throat> night as the uh, the mid season premiere for uh, The Walking Dead. I could see that. That there's a huge marketing push behind Walking Dead Night on AMC. Yep. You know, both yep. shows coming to a head kind of thing. You get a finale and a premiere on the same night. Oh, that is serious marketing yep. power right there. Uh, if I, want, I had to make, a, I want a paycheck for that. Yeah, thank I wish you. them to send me a paycheck for that idea, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then give you a job. Uh, no marketing, forget that. Yeah, I hear you. Um, <laughs> so if I had to make a call, I'm going to say that they won't overlap at all, and this show will debut in the late winter or spring of 2015, and run kind of over the summer um and i think the first season will probably be between six and ten episodes they'll probably take it easy on the first year again so they're not going to do a 13 or 16 season episode or episode Uh, season yeah you see i don't know the i think the walking dead has got a proven track record now i think that they could really go for a first season of at least 13 episodes well they probably could i don't know if they will though i mean they like to yeah, it's definitely got a proven track record, and it's certainly guaranteed of, of being watched, it seems like. But these these networks like to, they don't like to take too many chances, I don't think. I well, mean, they should. I, they should. I mean, but that's why TV shows get canceled after like three episodes. Be, I mean, they don't give them a chance to do anything because they're like, oh my God, it's, it's dead, it's losing money, let's get rid of it right away. Now, maybe AMC's <clears> not <throat> like that because Rubicon went a whole season and... The Killing went three years, although it was canceled twice. 
um, <laughs> they seem to give their shows a little bit more of a fighting chance than say major like CBS and big networks, right? I don't know. Should call they should call that show the canceling. The canceling. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad, man. I really like liked season three of The Killing. I wish it would. Yeah, come me back. too. It's fantastic. It was the best one of the three. Yeah, jerks. I would agree with that. Uh, okay, so let's talk a little bit about what we would like to see as this Walking Dead companion series. Here's my here's four points that uh, that I put down here about what I'm thinking. Okay, I do not want there to be any chance that our new characters will meet up with our original characters from the original show. Right. I don't want any crossover other than it takes place in the same universe. Um, <clears throat> I would like it to take place in a different part of the country, different part of the U.S. entirely, or even a different part of the world, like overseas somewhere. That would be very cool. That's not going to happen. I agree, but I, it's, I'm just saying what my best case okay. scenario would be. I would like to see a different, even a different culture's take on this this thing. You know, if, if this took place in Japan, that would be cool. Somewhere in Europe would be cool. Africa even. Um, or maybe like France. France has been mentioned on The Walking Dead. French scientists apparently were close to um, a, uh, a cure, is what Jenner said in season one, if I'm not mistaken. You're going to get uh, English speaking. Well, like, yes. They can't set it in France because then it would be French. It would be a French show. Well, it would be... With subtitles. Yeah. That or everybody happen. would have French accents, which would be weird because <laughs> why would, would French people have French accents speaking English? Right. They'd speak French. I get uh, it. You... I'm thinking Vancouver. Okay. It's a different country. It is. From the, the U.S., not from us. But uh, there's lots of filming going on there. You set it and film it in Vancouver. I think that'd be fun. Different climate than the southern, you know, than Georgia, of course. Yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of. You got the mountains, you got the ocean, you got the winter, you got the Vancouver, you got the Victoria. Lots of plant, plants and flowers in Victoria. It's lovely. <laughs> it's a very beautiful place. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Vancouver will work. And uh, bringing it home to Canada. <laughs> bringing the zombie apocalypse home. Or Regina. Why not Regina? <laughs> There's nothing funny about the name Regina. Um, okay, my, my other two is set. And here's, here's one that I think that would be really cool, is if they set this in the far-ish future, say maybe even far enough that all of the events and characters in the current show are dead. Long dead. Like, what if it's 100 years in the future? That's... Uh, it's still The Walking a Dead. 100 years well, is a long okay, time. Okay, 50 years. I mean, Carl might still be alive, but n very few of the rest of the characters would be. And what if it's like, a, it's still The Walking Dead. The zombie apocalypse still happened in 2010 or whatever it is in the TV show. And now we're 50 years later, and we see what's happened in 50 years. Do Are people rebuilding civilization? Is it completely gone to crap, and there's just nothing left except the last few um, survivors? If, if, you know, and some of the, many of them were probably born in the, uh, within the apocalypse times. You know, what if we set it way in the distant future, and, you know, all bets are off. They could do, they could do anything. I, I, I like the idea, but I think it kind of hamstrings the uh, the Walking Dead television show. If you've already uh, dictated what the future is going to be, like in, in, on a global scale, mm -hmm. right? So I, I think that kind of dictates where the Walking Dead could go. So it gives you right. too much information or, or just 
yeah, dictates, gives you too much of a direction for where the show is going to end up. You know, one of the things that they want to do or one of the things that the governor wanted to do uh, is rebuild society, mm-hmm. right? Start over and have something uh, meaningful and uh, some semblance of, you know, human happiness again. And if you set it in the far future, you kind of answer that question, mm-hmm. right? So I think that it's a dangerous thing to do, and I don't know. I, I, I kind of like the idea, but uh, that far in the future, like the the, the excerpt from the short story, uh, you kind of, uh, you know, time marches forward, but technology goes backwards, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to be looking at, uh, you're going to be looking at, uh, you know, Civil War times, it, Civil War technology. It sounds like... A future story might work if this show premiered after The Walking Dead finished. If we had an end point, that could work. if we had an end point for the current show that, you know, either did or didn't point to a specific kind of future, this show could pick it up 50 years later and build on what we saw in the complete run of the original show. But that's not going to be the case. Yeah. I have a pretty good idea that the show is going to take place in the same time frame as The Walking Dead. Okay, well, that being the case, my last point of uh, stuff I'd like to see or not see in the spinoff is that I still, I really hope they don't go down the zombie origin story kind of route. Like, I do not want to go back to the beginning of the outbreak again or see another, you know, another guy waking up in a hospital in a coma and taking a different path or something like that. You know, I don't want to see the beginnings again. We know that I want to see if it's taking place in the same time frame in a different place. Let's see how new characters are dealing with the same sort of issues without it being repetitive. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it would be repetitive, wouldn't it? I guess it was the same thing, but just a different group of survivors. Well, I mean, they get to an area, they get overrun. They got to move to another area, they get overrun. They got to move to another area, they meet a bad guy. They have to fight the bad guy. They get overrun. They got to go. Sure, but do you think the themes of this new show are going to be the same? Is it going to be all about doing what it takes to survive and stuff like that? I hope not, because we've been there, done that. Yeah, that kind of takes away from what the the Walking Dead is doing. Uh, I think the only thought I have, the only point I have, is that I would like to see this show take on a different scale than uh, The Walking Dead has taken. The Walking Dead is a very personal scale, very small scale. It uh, was Rick waking up, not knowing what's going on, meeting up with a group of survivors. Everything that happens is a very localized event. Mm-hmm. Like it, it takes place within, you know, walking distance, right, of uh, of something else or, you know, a short driving distance. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, in the show anyway. Yeah, in the show, it, it takes place in a very short, uh, very small t- uh, scale. I'd like to see something that, that is on a larger scale. Uh, you know, somebody <clears throat> or a group of people that have access to some remaining technology where they have satellite imagery. Like sa- those satellites are still up there doing their thing, right? It's only been a little while since the beginning of the zombie outbreak, and I guarantee you that there's no zombies on the space station, or maybe there are. Maybe that could be interesting too. But on satellites, yeah, you know, zombies are not taking out satellites out of orbit. So those satellites are still functional. If there's any kind of power source on the ground that can uh, get those signals, they can still use them. They can get imagery. So maybe something on a little larger scale. Maybe not worldwide scale, but some kind of, uh, you know, at least 
continental scale would be interesting. Sure, but they would have to be far enough removed from, you know, our existing band that even with some better technology, they aren't going to bring them together. I mean, unless they well, do. They're not gonna, I think it's a, it's a matter of, uh, you know, The Walking Dead happens on such a small scale, such a personal scale, that it's not even going to factor into uh, this new television show's consciousness. Mm-hmm. It's too small, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't even notice those guys over there. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe a nice reference every now and now and again. Yeah. Oh, look, they look somebody has taken over a prison. But, you know, it's two years in the future. They're not going to be at the prison anymore. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I don't know. So as long as they can <clears throat> do something cool, make it interesting, make it compelling, and not make it, and not revisit the same stuff too much that we're already seeing, you know, it should be it should be good. Hopefully Kirkman's still got enough juice in him that he can come up with something really, really awesome here. And at the, at the same time, it's probably not just him anymore. He invented The Walking Dead all by himself back in... 2003 now he's got a team of writers and you know a million other people probably to help him out so hopefully maybe it'll be a troop of minstrels traveling around northern (laughs) uh you know the northern states uh trying to make money uh you know singing songs and bringing levity to the world well why not i would watch that for about (laughs) one episode (laughs) right maybe two maybe they're shakespearean actors sure and they go around <laughs> recreating Shakespeare. Yeah, why not? Or performing <laughs> Shakespeare, I should say. Performing Shakespeare would be just fine. Um, okay, well, that's uh, probably about almost two years away, so there's some time to figure it out. Um, I, You know, when I think about all the different Walking Dead stuff that's out there now, video games, board games, everything, anything that has a story related to it, I guess that's mostly the video games, they do kind of tread the same sort of stuff. And I just am hoping this TV show can bring us something a little bit new other than just new characters and new places. But we'll see. I want. Uh, I would like this show to do what uh, World War Z did not, and that is bring up morality on a large scale, mm-hmm. sacrificing large groups of people so that larger groups of people can survive. Yeah. The uh, World War Z, the book, did it, uh, but the movie did not. And uh, maybe uh, this is the opportunity for the Walking Dead universe to have that kind of thing. Well, see, there's lots of good ideas. They just need to come up with them (laughs) or listen to us. (laughs) Uh, One more question here related to this, and it's sort of a bigger question. And I don't know if you heard, but AMC recently announced a Breaking Bad spinoff, too, which is actually a genuine spinoff because it's, it's about Saul, the lawyer, Saul Goodman. And it's going to be called Better Call Saul. Cool. And uh, so my question is, AMC, they, you know, they're losing Breaking Bad next week. Mad Men is ending next year. Um, the killing was canceled. And I have a bad feeling about um, Hell on Wheels. Are they starting to get a little bit worried about their pipeline of content? And so now they're trying to come up with shows based on the successful shows they already have right now. I think we have very little, if any, visibility into their pipeline. Okay, we have none. They've got to have stuff up their sleeve that, uh, that's coming down the pipe that probably will be very good. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. Maybe they don't, and maybe that's why we're getting a Breaking Bad spinoff and now a Walking Dead spinoff announced basically within a week or two of each other. 
I don't think that these are either of these are the uh, the typical spin-offs where uh you know what other spin-offs do we have uh actually I, on AMC I think, I think Mork and Mindy was a spin-off of Happy Days. Well, I don't know. I, <laughs> you got to look it up cuz I really think that that's true. Okay. Some something like that. Somebody give us the history of Mork and Mindy versus Happy Days. <laughs> yeah. Um what other spin-offs are we talking about here? Like what what are typical spin-offs? What are some of the uh, the bigger spin-offs? Well, uh the Joey show spun off of Friends. I like that show. It yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. It was not successful. <laughs> no, it was not successful, but it was a charming little show. I liked it. Maybe. I didn't see very Did you much. watch it? I saw a few episodes, not a lot of it. I've seen them all. Yeah. Okay? okay. I liked that show. I was I was fond of Joey. The show the show's name was Joey. I watched that show. I liked it. Well, let me. Frasier is a spinoff of, of Cheers. Cheers, and okay. it eclipsed Cheers in its popularity. I think it. Uh, well, at least not in at my least mind, at least met at least equaled it. Come on, maybe financially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not uh, in my heart. Oh no, 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 I, not me either. I I take Cheers over Frasier any day, but financially and rating success, I'm pretty sure it was either more popular or successful than Cheers, or at least equally. Except for the right. Cheers finale. No, I'm, it's not Cheers the finale. It's MASH that was the most watched finale of all time, right? Oh, MASH was at the time. Yeah, yeah. and I think Cheer, Cheers was right up there, but anyway. Cheers was right up there, yeah. Well, let me read you this excerpt from a piece on Fool.com written by Philip Saglambeni uh, titled, Will the Walking Dead spinoff boost AMC networks further? Fool.com is an investing website, so they talk about stocks and bonds and investments and stuff like that. He wrote, management at AMC Networks has notably struggled to create new and compelling content that resonates with critics and viewers like its more popular shows currently do. The recently premiered drama Low Winter Sun has been met with lukewarm reviews and rapidly declining viewer ratings. AMC also recently canceled the series The Killing, which uh, also struggled to retain high viewership totals. Add in the fact that Breaking Bad and Mad Men are close to ending, and The Walking Dead spinoff seems to make sense. The show will bolster AMC's content lineup when the company needs it most. So what he's saying is they got nothing, and like he, he says that a Walking Dead spinoff will likely be very successful and bolster their lineup, but in the absence of anything else, that's what it'll be doing. Well, this sounds like pure conjecture. Well, I don't know. This guy's supposed to—he—he's a stock analyst, as far as I know. So he's looking at what AMC is doing, trying to figure out what their, you know, future right. uh, stock trading will be like, uh, or stock uh, value. I, I valuation. think that the, I think that he has about as much visibility into AMC's show pipeline as we do. Yeah, I'm. Come on, AMC, prove uh, all of us wrong here, and you know, show us some good stuff. They—they had—they have put out good stuff in the past. I have every belief that they will put out good stuff in the future and they don't have to be spin-offs. No, I I agree with you. I'm just uh, we have to make our judgments based on the evidence that is before us. And the evidence that is before us, granted, we have no insight into what they're what they're actually doing, but what they're showing us is spin-off, spin-off and a whole bunch of good shows going away. And right. you know, if I was AMC and I was looking at even if we thought what we had in the pipeline coming down was fantastic, you never know what's going to resonate with people. And when you see that Breaking Bad, the best show on TV, and Mad Men, a very good one, are going away, they've got to be a little bit nervous. So maybe they're doing this just to try and, um, you know, try and, and get something, get a sure thing in the mix. Right. Which would All be right. a Walking Dead spinoff. 
so I looked up spinoff in Wikipedia, and uh, there's some there's some really good ones. Enos was a spinoff of the Dukes of Hazard. Never heard, heard of that. It. No. Enos. That was when Enos got his own show. I didn't. I don't even know who Enos is. Enos is the deputy. Did you not watch Dukes of Hazard? I good saw man? like half of one episode. Roscoe and Enos, Boss Hog, Bone uh, Luke, I Daisy. Know, I know the name. Uncle Jesse. Yeah. No. Never watched it. Cletus? Not Cletus. What the? There was a guy. Uh, the anyway, he was a friend of theirs. Okay. Uh, what else we got here? The Daily Show. Uh, you know, Stephen Colbert was a spinoff of The Daily Show. Yeah, that doesn't really count. <laughs> uh, okay. What else we got? Here? Private Practice is Practice is a spinoff of Grey's Anatomy. Angel was a spinoff of Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh huh. I'm not uh, hearing a lot of awesome stuff here. Uh, Frasier. Okay. Yeah, I'll give uh, you that. Spinoff. Joey, the one you said. Uh, we got here. H- Highlander. The Raven was a spinoff of Highlander, the series. Sure. Good God. <laughs> Neither of which anybody ever watched. <laughs> All right. So, uh, okay. Happy Days is a spinoff of Love American Style. Didn't know uh, that. Okay. What do we got here? So uh, you're rug- you're 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 kind of going on here with a bunch of crappy shows. I mean, I, Boston the- Legal, uh, spinoff of uh, Boston Public, or both. Okay, Boston Public was a high school show, wasn't it? Boston Public was a high school. Star Trek is a whole other thing. Oh yeah, that that doesn't count. That's a that's a franchise. Yes. Uh, CSI is a franchise. Uh, what do you got here? Nine hundred two one zero. That's got retooling and reimagining. I think I think that the Walking Dead spinoff will has the potential to be one of the most successful spinoffs ever in TV history. I just worry. That that's what we'll get, and hey, I'm not upset about that. I'm I'm all for a new Walking Dead TV show. That's that's amazing. I just think maybe this is a sign that AMC is a little unsure of what else they've got in their pipeline. But what does that matter? I mean, it doesn't really. If AMC never puts out another amazing show, I mean, big deal. Someone will do some amazing shows, right? Yeah. Um, the most ha- important. Yeah. I was right. Happy Days spun off Laverne and Shirley. Uh, Mork and Mindy out of the blue. Joni loves Chachi, huh? Right. Remember Joni loves Chachi? <laughs> well, never saw it, but sure. <laughs> the Fawns and the Happy Days Gang. That was a, anyways, uh, animated series. <laughs> Jason, do you want to know what the single most important question about all of this spinoff that? news is? And the single question that the most people have have asked me. <laughs> You can probably What's it guess. going to be called, and are we going to do a podcast? I don't know what it's going to be called, but are we going to do a podcast? So I don't know about you, but I'm going to just say right now that I'm on board. Yeah, let's do it. All right. There we go. The unnamed project, the talking unnamed project. That That's right. <laughs> we'll need a new name for it, uh, but we'll, we'll think of something. We've got some time to plan, but yeah, it looks like we are here for the long haul. We will cover all the Walking Dead TV shows. Hopefully, they don't make five or six. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, wh- speaking of which, what do you think it's going to be called? Uh, who knows? It'll probably be the Walking Dead colon, you know, New York or something Blood like that. Blood and Anarchy. <laughs> what if it's in Alaska? The Walking Dead colon the Great White North or something. That's Canada. Well, I know that's Canada, but maybe they'll borrow the name. Well, I'll Anchorage, the Walking Dead Anchorage. Yeah, that could be interesting. It could be. Um, it's you know, be cold. The Walking Dead: New Beginnings, something like that. A new start. 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it'll have a, the Walking Dead and a colon in it. That's all I'm. That's all. The I Walking know. Dead colon the dead walk. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> or or you know if you had your way, the Walking Dead colon Mad Max. Well, yeah. There you go. I think that's what season four is going to be all about. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that, but maybe five. <laughs> well, they already had Beyond Thunderdome. Oh, yeah, The Walking Dead Beyond Thunderdome. That's pretty Well, they good. had that already with the the flaming spears oh, yeah. and the uh, the man two men enter, right. one zombie leaves or whatever it is. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so there's lots of good names. Yeah. Um, Walking Dead, The Dead Walk. I like that one. That's my favorite. Cole and The Dead Walk. Right. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to another item in the news, because that only okay. took like six hours. Season four, casting update. We're going to do, uh, we're going to list a bunch of casting news that's come out here. Some of this we've already reported on, so we'll gloss over it a little bit. But I'd like to use this opportunity to re- review all of the different characters or new characters that have been cast going into season four. All right, you have 15 seconds. Oh, yeah, thanks. Now, this, this is a little bit spoilery, obviously, because we are discussing new characters, new actors that are playing new characters and uh some of them or at least one of them is from the comic so uh you know we won't really spoil anything other than to say that this person was cast but if you aren't sure you want to know that um you're probably going to want to move forward or uh you know fast forward the podcast to the next section if you can do do something appropriate do something so the first one and this news came out last week Christian Ceratos or Ceratos has been cast as Rosita Espinoza. Um, Christian, I guess it's Christian, but it's a woman. So <laughs> I don't know. It's a it's an un, unusual name for a woman. But according to Deadline, she will be recurring in season four, with the option of becoming a regular in season five. Now Christian is best known for playing Angela in the Twilight series of movies. None of which I have seen. I have not seen any of those. So I, I do somewhere in some kind of sick part of my brain wants to do a Twilight marathon. Well, Jason, if this character you know lasts for any amount of time on the show, we may have to do a Walking Dead actor spotlight next summer on her, and therefore watch some Twilight movies. Okay, so if we let's just say it right here, right now, uh, I want you to commit that uh, if we do an actor spotlight on Kristen or Christian yep uh, that we stick exclusively to the Twilight series and we watch the whole thing well I suppose we could do that now this she's been in other stuff too I don't care <laughs> at this point right now I do not care all right she's been in the secret life of the American teenager another TV show yeah and a movie called 96 minutes I don't know what that is all about um, that sounds like a long movie. Yeah, well, not really. <laughs> not really, but it, if, it's, if it's anything like the title, it's going to be a long sure. movie. <laughs> Anyways, um, Rosita. Rosita is a character from the comic who travels with two other characters called Abraham and Eugene. So I wonder if this casting means that those other two characters are going to show up in the TV show as well. Didn't we talk about casting that was possibly Abraham? Prior? Uh, I'd say Hulk. We had dis- Hulk Hogan. We had a discussion about uh, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I s- what? I saw that online somewhere. If you're going to cast Abraham in the in the TV show, you should get Hulk Hogan to play him. It's just because of the mustache. Y- yeah, right? pretty much. I could. I I'd be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> no. If look, if we're not allowed to have 
uh, like stunt zombies, like cheerleader oh, yeah. zombie and stuff, we're not allowed to have Hulk Hogan playing a, a character in this show. If he can pull out a dramatic role and not be Hulk Hogan, I'm all I for it. I don't think that's possible because Hulk Hogan is probably a character to, well, I'm sure he's a character to begin with. Well, yeah, but what's Hulk Hogan's real name? That guy walks around every day of his life playing a character. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have anything else under his belt. <laughs> I don't know. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that's funny. And I didn't even mean it to be. <laughs> um, no, not Hulk Hogan, the website. I want to go to Wikipedia. Anyways, uh, Abraham and Eugene, maybe they're coming. I don't know. No word. Terry. His name is Terry. Oh, yeah. Terry Hogan. Terry Ballera. Oh, not even Terry Hogan? <laughs> no. Terry Jean Ballera. Ba- wow. Ballia. That is the <laughs> most plain Jane name ever. But then who am I to talk? Uh, Hulk Hogan's a better name. Good choice, man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so moving on, we've got another character called Patrick who has been cast. Uh, the actor is named Vincent Martella. And um, according to Entertainment Weekly, he is one of the various survivors that have been brought into the prison to help build the new community. Now, you may know Vincent Martella from his work, his voice work on the Phineas and Ferb show. Do not. No. I've seen this show a little bit because uh, I think my kids have seen it. Um, but he also had a starring role on Everybody Hates Chris. Did you ever watch that show? I watched the pilot. Okay. Well, not enough to see him, probably. I don't know if he was in the nope. pilot. Um, but he was talking with Entertainment Weekly, and he said, uh, speaking about his character, Patrick, he's right around Carl's age. He's a little bit older. <laughs> he's one of the new people who Carl gets a little closer with. Carl hasn't really had anybody his age, so now you kind of get to see Carl's relationship with people his own age. (laughs) Um, And we get to see him in the recently released uh, look at season four, which we're going to be talking about shortly. So we've seen him in there already, and uh, he seems to have, you know, a bit more than a bit part anyways. But we will see. So Vincent Martella as Patrick... You might know him from Phineas and Ferb, but you don't. But somebody might. Um, Now, the rest of these come from IMDb, and these are the ones a lot we've already talked about. But just to review, we've got, at least according to IMDb, in Season 4, Episode 1, Josh Stewart as Chase. Now, Chase, if you'll remember, is the character from the second set of webisodes that were out last year. We've got Serena Vincent as Kelly, also from those webisodes. Uh, we've got Kyle Gallner playing Zach. Now, he's the kid that we saw in the San Diego Comic-Con trailer outside the big spot. Um, right. He's uh, he's Zach. And we've got Taylor McPherson as prison newcomer. So, could be anybody there. Don't know. Awesome. Um, in season four, episode four and episode eight, we've got Santiago Cirillo cast as a character called Julio. So, yeah, he may be another uh, Woodbury member. In Season 4, Episode 6, we've got Audrey Marie Anderson as Lily, which is interesting. Because Lily, of course, is a character from the novels, the Governor Trilogy, as well as the um, uh, Telltale video game. And we know that those are different Lilies, but... That name seems to keep coming up in Walking Dead universe, so uh, we may have one of them making an appearance on the show. And the other thing about her is uh, Audrey Marie Anderson is not just a brand new 
person to the acting world. She has a fair bit of TV work under her belt, including Arrow, House, The Unit, and something called Point Pleasant. So we might have a new recurring character here. Don't really know for sure, though. That'd be cool. And uh, Lily is the name of one of my cats. Maybe it's your cat, man. No, it's the character. The, Lily is the character. All man. right. Uh, my cat is not in a television show. She would not deal with that very well. Your cat well has all. nothing to do with The Walking Dead. No. Also in season four, episode six, we've got Danny Vinson as Dawn. Don't know who Dawn is. Huh. And one more. Um, D-O-N or D-A-W-N? D-O-N. Male oh, okay. Dawn, most likely. Uh, well, the actor's a man, so it's probably a male Dawn. <laughs> probably. Danny is playing Dawn. I don't necessarily... Danny could be a girl's name, too. Yeah, but the picture is of an older gentleman. I didn't know that, no, did I? you do now. One more. We've got an actress named Mayrick Murphy as unknown character. Uh, <laughs> and so she's a child actress. She's young, and The Walking Dead is her first credit. And I'm going to guess right now that she's probably one of the kids in Carol's knife training class. Yep. Maybe she gets a line, something, I don't know. But she also has the best IMDb bio I've ever read. So I'm just going to read it right now for everyone because it's totally awesome. <laughs> awesome. Mayrick Murphy is an aspiring actress and future astrophysicist who loves to draw, <laughs> loves Doctor Who, and is crazy for the works of Stan Lee and Adam Gidwitz. She also enjoys playing with her dogs and researching string theory. When not engaged in one of the aforementioned pursuits, she can be found lining her headboard with tinfoil in hopes of preventing an alien abduction. <laughs> Is that not the greatest IMDb bio ever? That's I'm pretty awesome. sure it was written by her dad, too, which makes it even more awesome. <laughs> I've never done any of those things. <laughs> Research string theory? theory. You're nope. not a future astrophysicist who loves nope. to draw? Nope. Loves Doctor Who? Eh. Uh, I take him or yeah. leave him. <laughs> Sorry, Derek. Anyways, uh, Merrick Murphy, um, all the best to you. I hope you have a wonderful career ahead of you and a big part on The Walking Dead. And you don't just... And I hope that the, I hope the tinfoil works. And that's right. We hope the tinfoil works. <laughs> Typically, it's tinfoil hats so that they don't uh, get you with brain She's waves. putting it all over her headboard of her bed, man. She's serious. Serious. Good. <laughs> all right jason we have more news to talk about but first we are going to take a quick break to thank our sponsor so when we come back we're going to break down the recently released video about uh, season four that has all kinds of new stuff in it so stick around we'll be right back after this you used to rock me in your acid washing 1983 You with your big hair Girls would throw you their underwear I was only old enough to stare And wish you were mine Well you, you Were my rock and roll dream Staring back at me from every magazine I was in love with your hair Just look at 
For you, the listeners of The Talking Dead, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial so you have a chance to check out their service. As always, we want to recommend a book, something that we th- think you might like to get you started to use as your free uh, your free audiobook, which if you decide not to stay with Audible, you get to keep. So you really have nothing to lose. Jason, uh, what book are we going to recommend this week? Uh, this week, we're, I'm going to recommend Broken Angels by Richard K. Morgan. This is the uh, second book in the Takashi Kovacs, Kovacs trilogy. Uh, sci-fi book uh, set in the far future of humanity where people can download their consciousness into a digitized form and then reload that consciousness into different bodies, whether it be someone else's body or a cloned body or what they call a virtuality. Cool. And, and uh, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. That's cool. So you can, you can store your consciousness, put it in somebody else, or you can store it. Then if you die, you can load it into some other body and keep going that's right everybody has uh when they reach the age of like 15 or 16 they get these uh little things implanted in your spine which basically record your consciousness on a second by second basis so if you die and that little thing doesn't get destroyed you simply clean it off wipe it off you know wipe it on your pants and then uh, somehow load it into another body and uh you can you know continue on from there it's against the law to have more than one copy of you uh, going at any given time. But that does happen. It sounds like hijinks may ensue. Uh, yeah. Cool. It, it's quite the good uh, hardcore sci-fi kind of thing. Well, if you're into hardcore sci-fi, you can uh, you can pick up this book or any other of their 100,000 title catalog by going to audibletrial.com slash talkingdead. Visit audibletrial.com slash talkingdead for a free audiobook. Walking Dead News. The Walking Dead News Part 2. All righty, Jason, a bit more in the news. So let's talk about this Season 4 peak, sneak peek thing they put out uh, last week. Or maybe the week before. Um, Bunch of new footage in here of Season 4. What are you doing with your shirt there? Nothing. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Stop looking at the video. Sorry. (laughs) Um, just don't take it off, please. No, no, let's stay it on. Don't worry. Yeah, good. It's not that, that's not, this isn't that kind of podcast. No. Uh, okay. So we have a video. It's like four minutes long of, um, part interview with producers and actors, but also intercut with a bunch of shots from season four. So there's a fair bit of new stuff here. Now, the first bit, uh, it starts with, uh, shots of the walkers gathering around the fence, the groups running around, stabbing them through the fence links, um, Carol, you hear Carol say they don't spread out anymore. And then you hear Glenn yell, walkers in D, run. Uh, we get a little bit more of the car attack where Tyrese gets sounded, mo- or surrounded. Most of this we've already seen. So not a lot new there. We saw it in the San Diego Comic-Con uh, trailer. But after that, we get Scott Gimple on screen saying, about six or seven months have passed. The prison has become a more stable place. 
So we know now that it's a six or seven month uh, break. We sort of guessed anywhere from three to 11. And uh, well, we were in the right range. Yep. So six or seven months. Um, and we get a shot of Daryl amongst a whole bunch of new people. And it looks like they're organizing food. They're under sort of a wooden structure that looks like maybe they've built it. They've got picnic tables. They've got a bunch of food out. And you hear Daryl walk by and say, what's up, Dr. S? <laughs> <laughs> and and you sort of hear someone in the background say, "Hey, Daryl." <laughs> so nice. Sounds like they're very very happy. Um, we also see Tyrese cozying up with a woman, and I'm not sure if it's Karen, played by Melissa Ponzio, but I think it might be Karen. I don't know. I don't. I didn't. Know. I couldn't make out who it was. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't either. But I I suspect it might be Karen, which is kind of interesting. Um, Tyrese is getting cozy with Karen, as we know. There's a part where Tyrese comes, ac- comes a, uh, you know, across something while he's holding some flowers that makes him look really, really upset. So, you know, if that is Karen, does that mean Karen is not long for this world? And maybe he finds her dead? Yeah, you're probably right. Karen's going to die. Yeah, it's too bad. <laughs> it's too bad. But maybe if it's somebody else, then maybe it's somebody else that gets killed. But nonetheless, it looks like Tyrese is... Um, you know, getting some action there, which is good for him. Uh, then we get uh, Carl Patrick, new character Patrick that we've already mentioned, and some girl. I'm not sure if this girl is Mayrick Murphy or not, but it might be her. But we get could them. Be. Yeah. I'm sorry, I said could be. Yeah, could be. I, I'm not 100% sure. We get them out in the field, and they're talking. You can see a vegetable garden behind them. And she asks, are you coming to story time tonight? So it's nice to know that they have story time for the kids. Um, Patrick kind of looks at Carl like he's hiding something, and he says, uh, yeah. (laughs) So I don't know what's going on there. Um, But it seems like Patrick may be up to something. I think so. I don't know. Patrick might, uh, might not be, might be more to him than we think. Maybe he's not so innocent. Um, The other thing I noticed in this scene is that Carl's holding a soccer ball which I also thought was nice. They have a ball for the kids to play with. They can play some soccer, get some exercise, and, you know, have a good time. Practice. Uh, it's practice for kicking zombie heads. That's a good point, too. Yep. Um, so then we get some shots of the fences being pushed down, which we've kind of seen from the other trailer, and Maggie comes running for help. And uh, we get executive producer Denise Huth. No, is that her name? Denise, somebody. Uh, Huth, H-U-T-H. Huth, okay. Huth. The relative safety, she says, they, ha- they have um, in the prison is starting to fall apart. And it's not really walkers, and it's not other people. Um, I, I wrote that down, too, as a quote that I wanted to talk about. All right. I take that to mean that I'm right, that uh, it's an aspect of zombieism, because uh, it's not really walkers, but it's not other people. yeah. But it's just sort of walkers. Well, that could be what she's saying, but it could also be flooding like we've been over, you know, in, in other podcasts. It could be something that's not human being related. You know what I mean? Well, we're going to get, what, zombie dogs? No, we're going to get a natural disaster of something, some kind, you know. it's. But she said it's not really walkers, though, it's, which means it's sort of walkers. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. The other we're thing not going to is- get a zombie flood. <laughs> <laughs> or a zombie hurricane. No. Zombie NATO. Zombie We're going to get zombie dogs or zombie rats. Ooh, zombie rats would be bad. Oof, be gross. Well, the thing, the interesting thing here is, as she's saying this, 
the, the we get some shots of Bob Stuckey in bed. He suddenly uh, he suddenly opens his eyes, and it cuts to water rushing out of a burst pipe, or it kind of looks like in a window. It's kind of dark, and then we get a very quick shot of somebody in the cell block walking into the shadows. All we see is their foot disappearing into a dark shadow, shadowed area. So, you know, you might be right. It's not really walkers, but it's somebody doing something like a saboteur of some kind who's setting something up. If they're sneaking around at night, you know, when nobody's awake and, you know, this trailer went out of its way to show us this, maybe you're right. Maybe someone is kind of doing something they shouldn't be at the least, you know? Ooh, zombie squirrels. <laughs> Thanks, still thinking about zombie animals, eh? <laughs> zombie, well, why not? zombie pigs. No. They eat everything. They eat anything. To oh my god, with. a zombie pig would be bad. <laughs> not as bad as a zombie squirrel. Can you imagine trying to fight a zombie squirrel? Those things are fast, man. Those they are very fast, and when they get angry, they jumping all over random places. It's like Yoda <laughs> jumping around with his <laughs> lightsaber. Yoda in the prequels. Yeah, you don't want to face that guy with a lightsaber. That's just nasty. Not cool. You don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Yoda, squirrel, zombie squirrel, who knows? Yeah. All right. Well, after the after this in the trailer, we move to sort of the Rick and Carl stuff. Rick is struggling with his responsibility as a cop and as a father. And we get some quick sound bites here. Nicotero says, can you come back from the things you've done to survive? That's going to be one of the themes of this season. Can you come back from having to do horrible, horrible things? Yes. And Kirkman says... "We." Sorry, I didn't mean to answer that right away, but yes. Yes. Kirkman says, we wanted every character to be pushed to their breaking point. So, you know, in some ways they've kind of done that already. You know, a lot of these characters have been pushed pretty far, but I guess they're going to get to a point where there is no turning back. And they're going to ask, can you turn back? <laughs> of course you can. <laughs> you can always come back, right? Yeah. Uh, after Have a little faith in humanity. You can come back from the brink of anything. You pretty much can. We're Human beings are good at that. Uh, now we get a montage of shots of most of our characters. I'd say most of these shots are out of context, so we don't really know what's what they're saying. And a fair bit we've seen before, too, to be quite honest. Um, we go into some additional shots of the raid on the big spot. It looks like that raid includes Bob Stuckey, Daryl, Tyrese, Glenn, Sasha, Zach, and Michonne. Zach is the only new character there. But that's a big group of people to go on a raid on, on a department store. I have two questions. Well, no, I have one question. They must have taken two cars. They can't fit all those people in one car unless it's a big van or something. I have two questions. Did they take one car? Or two. <laughs> did they take two cars? <laughs> you got to ask yourself, did we take one car or two cars? <laughs> uh, yeah. Unless they, you know, climbed in. If it was the Griswold car, they could have all fit. Yeah. Otherwise, they probably should have taken two cars. The mystery machine. They could all fit in that. Did you know the Griswold's uh, uh, station wagon was designed by the same guy who did the Batmobile? No shit. No shit. Really? Yeah, I like read that the today. the uh, the Michael Keaton Batmobile. Yeah, huh? It was, yeah, same guy. 
Interesting. Well, that guy's an expert car designer. He is. I would take either of those cars. They're both awesome. Totally, man. Next time I take the family on a road trip, we're buying a wood-paneled station wagon and maybe a Batmobile. No, I think I think I mentioned this to you. You can go to a sign store and get those magnetic signs for the sides of vans and cars and stuff. I right. think you should get a bunch of custom-made uh, full wood paneling to you know magnet put on the side of your car with magnets. It's a great idea. Why? I think it's fantastic. Why not spend my money on such a useful item? <laughs> Why aren't you doing that now? <laughs> if I'm going to get a sign for the side of my car, it's going to have the Talking Dead on it. That'll be awesome. Yeah, with a wood paneling background. Of course. Okay, fine. Wood paneling. Uh, where was I? I don't know. So, you said you had two questions, uh, whether they came in one car or, or whether two. they came in two cars. <laughs> yeah, those were my two questions. I just didn't know it at the time. Um, anyways, uh, it, it strikes me as a lot of people to send on a supply run. So maybe they're out there doing something else. You know what I mean? Like, if, why send so many people, especially if you need room in a vehicle to bring stuff back? If you have people and you want to go someplace where you know there's probably going to be a lot of zombies and you really want to get the stuff that's there and you think it's loaded for uh, with a lot of equipment that and food and such that you would want, send a large party. Who cares? Or potentially a lot of just a lot of stuff to move, yeah, so they can do it quicker, I suppose. Uh, anyhow, we go back in the cell block and Glenn... Um, oh, yeah, here. Glenn is attacked by a zombie coming out of his cell. So what we see is Daryl standing up upstairs in cell block D at the upper level, and Glenn goes up to a cell that has a curtain in front of it. He pulls the curtain back, and a zombie lunges at him out of the cell. Daryl turns around with the crossbow and shoots the zombie and saves Glenn. Um, but, I have a, but I'm wondering, why would there be a zombie in that cell, and why would they not know about it? Maybe it's a, uh, a, f- a prison escape. Maybe they tunneled out. And then uh, the zombie found its way in through that tunnel. Well, I'm thinking more it's either some kind of sabotage, as in there's a zombie in there and, you know, it's it's a trap. Or did somebody who's living in there, say an older person or something, die and turn into a zombie oh. in the night? And therefore, it's, you know, it's an internal threat that they haven't really considered before. Um, or are just, you know, is somebody going around killing people in their sleep? And there and and leaving them to turn into zombies, that could be it too. You know, there's a lot of possibilities yep. here. It just struck struck me as really really strange that Glenn would walk up to a cell and not be worried, or maybe he is worried that there's a zombie in there. But the fact that there was a zombie in there at all and they didn't know, and it's cell block D, um, is D the one they've been living in or is it C? I couldn't tell you. I I can't remember, but it said cell block D on the wall. So, um. It just struck me as strange. Now, if it's a new cell block and they're clearing it out, that's fine. But anyways, it I thought it was an interesting thing to show us. Yeah, that could be uh, that could be quite the interesting conundrum. Conundrum. Uh, our next group of shots, we get, um, we get a Michonne scene. And Michonne says, I don't know where they're talking about, but Michonne says, I'll go, as in she's going to leave, obviously. And Carl says, but you just got here. Which, again, seems, I guess out of context, it doesn't really mean anything, but it seems odd. If six or seven months have gone by, where's Michonne been? Why did she just get there at that point? Maybe she goes uh, out on runs a lot? A, yeah, I would think so, that she's uh, out and about doing stuff and getting stuff done and kicking some ass and taking some names. Well, but we've heard that this season 
for Michonne anyways, a big part of it is going to be her, um, I think, looking for the governor or still trying to get to get to him and get her, you know, revenge for what he did. I wonder if Michonne is going to be gone for long periods from the prison out searching for the governor and we'll either just think she's out there doing her thing or we'll follow her storyline somewhat separate from the group at the prison. Probably not. I, I, and the only reason I say that is I think that she would have uh, been out doing that while that six or seven months has gone by and that the pilot will be uh, will include her just getting back. Okay, so right. she's, she'll have just gotten back from that outage of looking for outage, from that uh, wandering around looking for the governor. Yeah, so she's come back, and then for whatever reason, she's got to go out again, and Carl says, but you just got here. Where are you going already? Right. You're my new friend. Yeah, um, I don't think we'll see her on her own doing that kind of stuff. I think that that's kind of a, a hiatus kind of activity. All right, so it's an implied thing. We'll learn bits yeah. and pieces about it as the season goes on, probably. Yeah. Um, the other thing I noticed is that Michonne looks happy in this scene, which is nice to see. That is nice. She's uh, not exactly the most uh, <laughs> cheerful individual, so it's nice to see her looking happy. Um, after that, we get a shot of Herschel and his new leg. <laughs> Remember seeing the new leg? He's got yeah. some kind of metal pole with a boot on it attached to his stump. That's good. And that of course, explains why Herschel was standing around on two feet in the Comic-Con trailer. Yep. They have indeed fit him with some kind of makeshift prosthetic, so that's good. We don't have to worry about him hobbling around on crutches all the time. Presumably, he can move a little faster if he has to. You know, hopefully he's doing okay. Well, hopefully he was able to go to a, uh, a prosthesis hospital and got a properly molded uh, prosthetic leg to his... Uh for his specific needs, or his leg would uh, chafe and uh, be very, very painful and uncomfortable. And after about two hours of uh, being in such a device, he would be unable to use it again I'm for gonna, a while. I'm going to have to, I think on this point, suspend my disbelief and just go with the fact that they've invented a prosthetic leg that works well for him. You okay, know. or they just kind of grafted it right to the bone. <laughs> yeah, one or the we're other. Just, we're just going to duct tape this right to the bone. And then seal up your leg around it. And see what happens. You'll be fine. Next, we go to Carol's knife class. But this time, we get a little extra than we did in the Comic-Con trailer. And we see Patrick there. And we see him. Carol says, today we're going to learn about knives. And we see Patrick storm out, stand up and storm out like he's upset about something. So I think there's something up with Patrick. I think Patrick's got issues. Oh, I think he may. Or he <clears throat> may have a... He may have some sort of scheme up his sleeve that we don't know yet, and he's just not happy with anybody for some reason. So uh, I don't know. We'll find out more about Patrick as the season goes on. If I had to guess right now, I have a feeling Patrick's not going to be around for too long. You think Patrick's on his way out? I think Patrick might show up and not be sticking around too long. We'll see. I don't know. Um, next scene, Rick finds something buried in the dirt. And to me, it looks like wood, maybe the stock of a, of a gun. Is that what you call the shoulder part of a gun, the stock? Yep, the stock or a butt. Or the butt of a gun. Anyways, it looks like wood. So I, I don't know. That's curious. Rick's digging around in the dirt. We'll see what he finds. Um, finally, we get a montage of a bunch of zombies versus the fence shots them pushing the fence down and it looks like those zombies do a pretty good job pushing those fences down so we may not be that safe 
with fences Zombies are good at pushing fences. Yeah, especially enough of them. They just push right through it. Um, We get a shot of Bob Stuckey at a window with a bloody hand. Don't know what's going on there, but I think we've seen that before. And we get a funny ending, or what I thought was kind of a funny ending. We have Scott Gimple sitting there, and he says something, and then he finishes with, there might not be any hope. And the last shot of the trailer is Rick looking up at the sky going, why? (laughs) It's sort of like he answered his question in a kind of funny way. So (laughs) Um, that's it. That's that's the whole thing. If there's no hope and uh, that's it, it's over. I mean, this this will be the last season, right? I guess so. If there's no hope, what's the point of watching anymore, really? Yeah. It's all about hope. Um, so that's it. If there's anything in there that you noticed that we didn't, um, send us an email, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com, or give us a call and let us know. Um, there's a fair bit of new stuff in there, but in some ways it kind of rehashed a lot of the things we saw in the Comic-Con trailer. Either way, it's interesting, and it's probably the last really in-depth look we're going to get at season four before it starts in uh, three weeks. Wow. Yeah. Three weeks. We're almost there. Um, All right, quick couple quick items in the news here just to wrap things up. First of all, The Walking Dead season four is now available for purchase in iTunes. You can go and buy season four right now if you want. There are two previews, including... The season pass, right? The season pass, yes. You can't just get season four. No, no, no. Well, Download it and go. You can buy the season pass and therefore start getting the episodes as soon as they're released. It's available at least in the U.S. and Canadian store, probably others too, but I'm not 100% sure about that. And uh, if you do want to buy it, head over to our site first, look in the sidebar, click on the iTunes link there if you, if you would be so kind, and uh, you'll click through directly to the season and we'll get a little uh, bonus from that, which is all good. All the money goes directly into producing the podcast, and we greatly, greatly appreciate it. But you know kickback. what? Yeah, exactly. It's essentially a kickback, isn't it? Uh, it's uh, That's right. Why not? Might as well call it a kickback. We get a cut, <laughs> a very small one, but as I said, everything goes into you know making the podcast and everything, all the costs associated with it. So um, that would be really, really awesome if you could do that. I mean, if you're going to buy it anyways, why not go click a link? Yeah. One last item. McFarland Toys is releasing a new Daryl Dixon figure. I know how everybody out there likes their Daryl Dixon action figures. This one is special, though, because it comes with a motorcycle. Ooh. Yeah. Daryl Dixon with the Angel Wings jacket in his motorcycle gear, motorcycle and crossbow included. Does the, uh, the motorcycle have the SS symbol on it? Or the double lightning bolt that the SS It does. Used? From comicbook.com. The deluxe box set features Daryl Dixon in his angel wings stitched biker vest along with his trusted chopper. The bike includes the lightning bolt insignia on the tank, skull decal, and saddlebags. Deckel. Deckel. Sorry. Other accessories will include Daryl's hunting knife and updated crossbow so you get his new crossbow too the new crossbow how exciting it's coming out in march 2014 but you can already pre-order it from entertainmentearth.com and i don't know maybe other places for 32.99 not bad for a daryl dixon crossbow hunting knife and motorcycle set that is pretty good you know i think and a vest and his vest i think i'm getting one of those i Are you? i think so yeah that's gonna be awesome good you're going to put it next to your other stuff that your kids are not allowed to touch? Yeah, I got a few things. Most of it is in the Walking Dead prize vault right now, which is also 
<laughs> doubling as a Walking Dead don't touch my stuff vault. Slash server closet. <laughs> That's right. I got a lot of junk in there and printer room. Uh, so anyways, everyone... Uh, that's exciting. New Daryl Dixon action figure. And that's it. Jason, that's all the news. Okay. That's all the news that was fit. That's a lot of news. Fit to print. I know. That was a lot of more news than we've had almost all summer. But it's because we went on and on and on about the spin-off. But, you know, that's not new for us. No. Um, next time on the podcast, we will be doing our Greg Nicotero spotlight. And one more quick reminder. No more podcasts before the short story deadline. That podcast will be coming out on Monday, October 7th, which is one week before The Walking Dead returns to TV and we get back into our regular regular schedule. We've done what we can to remind you. It's up to you now. That's right. <laughs> Very good. So don't miss out. Uh, it's a pretty awesome prize that you all want to win. I want to win it and I'm not even eligible, except I already had it. <laughs> so there you go. Um, all righty. If you want to get in touch with us before then, you can give us email at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. You can also call us on the Zomb line toll free. doesn't cost you a penny. 1-866-483-ZOMB. If I can make a suggestion, take that number, program it into your phone. That way when you're walking around and suddenly some epiphany comes to you or some incredibly insightful walking dead thought... You can just take out your phone, hit one button, dial us up, and leave your message and leave your thoughts right there. Huh. Speed dial. Speed dial. Speed dial us. Don't put us right at the top. Put your mom at the top. Maybe your best friend, number two. But we're, we got to be number three. Don't you think? I would think so. We got to be number three. I don't know what else. I question the mom at the top. I'm sorry. You know what? <laughs> okay. Maybe who... best friend, girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, something like that. But mom at the top of speed dial? I'm not sure. I don't know. Mom's pretty I don't know what kind of relationship you have with your mom. But mom's pretty important, generally. Yeah, but at the top of the speed dial, how often do you call your mom? Well, honestly, most of the time she calls me. <laughs> so you never call your mom, uh, is I, what you're saying. I do, if I need something. <laughs> <laughs> right. Is like, she at the top of your like, speed dial? Like for her to come over and babysit, for example. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, okay, put your <laughs> significant other at the top, your mom yeah. at number two, and then us at number three. It doesn't change our position at all. No, yeah, I think I really agree with us at number three, but I just question at the mom at the top. All right, thing. Jason questions moms <laughs> on top. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. Um, you can find us on Stitcher and visit our website at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Um, that's going to wrap up this episode of The Talking Dead, everybody. My name is Chris. My name is Jason. And as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>